Well, we're in the middle of this series. Uh, it's called Fresh Start, and today is the last day, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit about that in a second, but uh, we're getting ready to get into a, a, a new something here at HFC, and uh, you know, we're calling it a marriage initiative. Now, we probably, we've, you've heard us probably use that word a lot lately, uh, marriage, because quite honestly, it's been something that's super heavy on our hearts as a staff. We've been praying and, and really seeking God. And our, our hope and our, our prayer is that as a community of believers, that uh, we would seek uh, God in our marriages and, and, and for healthy marriages uh, long term, not just some kind of a Band-Aid or just something, a, a quick fix uh, in life, but something long term that we can begin to look at as, as a community. Now, some would have kind of said, you know what, we're doing a, to kick it off, we're doing this series, uh, you, me, and, and we, and that's going to start next week. And a couple of people have asked me, you know, well, marriage that kind of limits people, okay? We're, not everybody's married, all right? Well, I will, I'm convinced that marriage and the topic of marriage is, is important for everyone in this room. You're either currently married, you potentially want to be married, or you want to be remarried if, if that's something in, in the future. Or, or maybe you're someone that has kids, and, and, and marriage is something that you're going to need to teach and to train your kids into how, how to live. And so we're going to begin that conversation. I'm excited. And guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, we are focusing on you, okay? When we talk about this stuff sometimes, it kind of feels ooey-gooey, you know, and I don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. We're going like, you know, manly man talks, okay? All right? So just have that in mind and along the way, Okay. Well, if you haven't been with us in this series, uh, Fresh Start, this is our fourth week, this is the last week. The first week we talked about, if you can remember, seeking God first in all that we do. If you remember, we had Play-Doh. And uh, Play-Doh, if you didn't know this, it was first made to clean off soot from walls. It was about to go bankrupt, but they changed their direction. They changed their focus and said, they just kind of by accident discovered that this is great for kids to play with. And suddenly billions of dollars later and cans later, Play-Doh uh, has made a fortune and it's change of direction and go in the right direction, the right focal point. Second week, we talked about having a spiritual detox, how we need to detox some, some bad influences and maybe some bad folks in our life that are kind of bringing us down. And then last week we talked about how to have a fresh start in our faith, that we've got to remember some first love qualities. Uh, the qualities of, of that first love uh, that we had. Now this week we're going to dive into the book of James. Uh, so if you have a Bible or you have an app with the Bible on it, grab that and turn to James. And we're going to look at chapter 2. Now, if you're new to the Bible, if you're new to church, uh, if you're coming back from winter retreat and you haven't gotten into your Bible much, James is a great place to start. It's so practical. It's so like, I mean, it just is right in your face. It just tells you what to do, and I, I love it. So it's a great place for us to be as we look at some practical things in this fresh start. And so James uh, chapter 2, we're going to start with verse 14. It says this, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do anyone? See, you see, so you see, faith by itself is not enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and it is useless. 
Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You see, you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Now, little church history. Uh, first century, there was a problem, big problem for the church. There was this word, it's kind of a big word. Maybe you remember it uh, from, from some kind of class in school, Gnosticism. Gnosticism. It's got a silent G in the front. You want to say Gnosticism, it's Gnosticism, all right? Gnosticism was a problem for the first century. It was kind of always on the minds of, of the church, and it was kind of permeating in the church. And what that, that word means and what this philosophy means was that there was this group of people that said, you know what? There is this secret knowledge, okay? The secret knowledge that if you have the secret knowledge, ah, you've got it. You possess it. It's good. You've got the knowledge, but they separated your head from your body, okay? Head and body, totally separate. If you've got the knowledge, great. It doesn't matter what you do with your body. It doesn't matter what you do with your body, which for some people are like, woohoo! And that even led to the point, and you hear Paul talk about this in Corinthians, that they were actually temple prostitutes. Doesn't really matter what we do with my body, as long as I believe Okay, And there was a secret knowledge. And, and the teachers of Gnosticism in the day would even say, you know what, Jesus had the secret knowledge. He came to earth and he gave us the secret knowledge. And if we give it to you, then you have it. And guess what? We're going to leave those old bodies back behind. And there's gonna, we're eventually going to go to this place, heaven. And we just, it doesn't matter because those bodies are just temporal and we're going to leave them behind. Okay. And so there, this, this theory, this, this thought of Gnosticism was just always present. So you need to know that as we're hearing that this morning. And I would tell you today that I, I don't think that Gnosticism stayed in the first century. I think this, this thinking kind of, it's just kind of come with us. And we kind of see it all around us, even today. Now, there's a lot of things that I believe, but they're not always things that I I do. There's things that I believe, but I don't know if I I'll ever do, always do the things that I believe. Sometimes, this is guys, I see something in my house, I should pick it up. Like my clothes, uh, specifically my dirty clothes. Uh, I know that I should do this. I believe that a clean house is a good house and a healthy house. And, but there are just moments where I'll just be honest. There's no one around. I just look at it. I just keep walking. And I even pause there. I'm just, yep, it's there. I acknowledge it, and I'm going the other direction. I don't, I, you probably never do that, but, uh, or you see something on the ground that's just like this trash somewhere, and you're like, yep, that should go in the trash can. I didn't do it. All righty. <laughs> I know, I know that eating half a gallon of Bluebell ice cream is not good for me, and yet I do it sometimes. Don't judge me. I know, and you probably know this too, I think everybody knows this, that texting and driving, not a good idea. Teenagers, don't text and drive. It's bad. Now, how many of you texted and drive, dr driven this week at some point? I know it. You remember those days, and this is a little different now, but seatbelts. Ah, oh, seatbelts, we gotta wear it. 
How many grew up in the day where there were no seatbelts? You didn't even have to put your kids in a seatbelt. And it was like, okay, I get it. I know this is, I'm going to be more protected here, but I just don't want to do it sometimes. It's just so much work, you know, to put it down. I, I, I believe, but I don't always, I always do. I, I believe that it's good to put money away for the future. Man, but it's hard sometimes. I just don't think I'm, I don't do it as often as I should. I believe it, I don't do. Now, I don't know if you know this, but today's a special, not today, but this week's a special week. Friday, there's a birthday. Yep, that's right. One of my favorite people in the whole world is having a birthday. Mary McGinnis. That's right. Come on down. It's your birthday week. I got you a present. I'm sorry. I did not tell Mary this was happening. I'm so glad you came this morning. I feel like over a little bit. This is for you. I want to tell you, I wrapped it myself, thus the two pinks here, uh, and really bad wrapping job. Don't look back here. You absolutely have to open it right here. Would you please? I know. You, there's no person inside of it that's going to jump out, I promise. Nothing to scare you. Open it up. Open from the top. Yeah, that's, you don't want to open that way. Open from the top. I'll hold it so it won't move. Open it on up. It's a, it's a puppy. I'm joking. You already have a puppy. Am I taking too long? No, you're not taking too long. This is, this is your birthday week. Take as long as you want. drop any pieces on the floor because I know you won't pick them up. You just said I did just say that. Okay. Yes, I use duct tape because I'm a man. Surprise! It's empty! It's empty! Woohoo! It's absolutely empty! Boo! Now, you have to stay here. I'm sorry. Let me tell you something. Jack, first of all, don't do this on Friday. Um, second of all, uh, Mary. Uh, this is merely an illustration, obviously, but obviously, thank you. can I tell you something? That Mary and Jack McGinnis are two of the most respected Christ followers I know on the planet. If you want to know, okay, now sorry, I'm <laughs> if you want to know what it looks like to follow Jesus, follow this one. Okay. Now, I actually do have a birthday. I do have a birthday Aww, card for you. you. And if there's gift cards in it. I'm going to spoil the surprise. But there's nothing on the gift cards. Uh, I'm, joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. We love you, Mary. We're going to sing to you on Friday, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mary. Here's the point. This is what Paul says. If you believe but you don't have actions. The word actually means you're an empty box. You are nothing. You are useless. What a terrible gift. What a terrible person I am for giving a terrible gift. 
But that's what he's saying. He's telling us this. You can believe. But if you don't have any action, if you don't have any works, if you don't have anything, if you don't have any love, you're nothing. And, and you can wrap it up a lot better than I did today. But it's still, it's still nothing. Still nothing. Now, it hits really hard for us uh, if you look at 1 Corinthians 13. Now, you know 1 Corinthians 13. Everybody knows 1 Corinthians 13, right? Now, if, quick survey, how many had 1 Corinthians 13 read at your wedding? Just, you could, hey, right here, right here. A lot of people do. I would say more than half of the people have had 1 Corinthians 13. Now, I don't, 1 Corinthians 13 is actually very scandalous, Okay. Now, we love the, the lovey-dovey parts as we get past the first couple of verses. But just, just, hit, just read the first couple of verses. If I could speak all the language of all the earth uh, and the end of angels, but I didn't love others, I would only be a, a, a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all the knowledge, and if I had such faith that can move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Uden is the word there. I'd be nothing. I'd be Uden. Let me translate this into my language a little bit here. Have you ever known Bible quiz man? Okay, Bible quiz man or Bible quiz woman. They know everything about the Bible, everything. Like the genealogies, memorized, okay? They know it all. They have all the answers. You know, have you ever played, they used to have this game back in the 80s, I think, called, you know, Trivial Pursuit. And they actually had Bible trivial pursuits. I remember playing this as a kid and thinking, if I ever become a pastor, I said this in my mind, I will never play this with anybody because some of these questions are so hard. And who knows that who's got that person and this person and that. You can know all of those answers. But if you don't have love, if you don't have actions, then you're nothing. You're nothing. It means nothing. Second part of that verse is this. You can have confidence, so much confidence that you would stand on a stage like this and proclaim in a loud voice the truth and convince people of what it looks like to be a Christian. You can say it with confidence. Now, have you ever known somebody was confident, was so confident, you're like almost convinced by their confidence? They're never, they're probably wrong sometimes, but they're never, ever in doubt. You know those kind of people? They just are always, I mean, they could just be, they could, they could pull that off pretty well. But if there is no doing, there's no actions, nothing. It's not, that's what he's ta- telling us. It's, it's, it's nothing. And man, that, I don't know about you, that convicts me. Now, if you're, if you're not a Christian in the room and you're, you're kind of here this morning checking this out, you're like, that's what I've been saying for years. Christians, they talk all the time, but they don't do. And if you are a Christ follower, you're going, man, that, if you're like me, I'm kind of poked by that. And, 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 and Paul and James, they want to teach us uh, something today. Let, let's dive into that. First of all, let's get to Missouri. Has anybody, anybody from Missouri? Anybody from Missouri? All right, if you're from Missouri, you can't answer this. How many have visited Missouri before? Now, if you visited Missouri, you've seen, or you've probably seen these around, their license plates. What is the nickname for Missouri's? Oh, there it is. It's the show me states, the show me states. 
Now, it is, now you can't, if you know the answer to this, don't say it out loud. What are your theories on why it's called the show me state? How did they get that nickname? Now there's a game called Balderdash that you make up kind of, you try to make up what a fake definition or fake story behind something. Try to come up with the best, your guess on why show me states and tell your neighbor now. Show me state, why the show me state? Let's see if you can guess it, the right answer. All right. Now here's a couple of theories I, I looked at. Don't Google it, don't Google it. Here's some things that I, I thought about when I was trying to come up with what I thought it would be. First one, I can't honestly share on family Sunday service, but it involved being a flasher in some way, okay? <laughs> That's something about a trench coat. Um, second theory that I kind of I thought, you know, I, I'm starting to feel, you know, kind of like a Texan. So my thought was, you know what it was? Somebody from the great state of Texas went and visited Missouri and said, you know what, I don't know what's going on here, but where I'm from, the men are men. And we drive big trucks and we're taller than everybody and we're stronger than everybody. And we're quite frankly, we're better than everybody and our women are better looking and they're confident and they're strong. And, and then the person from Missouri turned to him and said, you must show me this land where you live, this land full of milk and honey and giants. That's what I was hoping for, all right? That's what I was hoping for. But th there's a couple of theories. They're, they're, they're not sure of why it's called the show me state, but there's a couple of theories. First theory is this. There was this man, he was a congressman. His name was Willard Duncan Van Diver. There he is. Now he kind of looks like Mark Twain, I thought. A little Mark, a little Mark Twain there. But, or the Colonel Sanders, uh, either one. I'm sure he, he was delicious chicken he made. Uh, but he's a, a state representative and he visited, actually visited Philadelphia. And he's given a speech to some naval, uh, it's, it's a committee on naval affairs. And in 1999 at this banquet, he gets up and he says this, in Philadelphia, he says, 1899, was it on the screen? Man, that screen will kill you sometimes. 1899, it says this. I come from a state that raises corn and cotton and cockleburrs. Does anybody know what a cockleburr is? Yes. You can ask your neighbor. And Democrats and frothy eloquence neither convinces nor satisfies me. I am from Missouri. You have got to show me. And that was the accent he used, actually. All right. You've got to show me. Now, as I read about this dear congressman's statement, uh, it, it makes me think... Uh, you know, our actions, are, obviously, we're proving it are very important this morning. Now, why are they important? And as I hear this statement, I think, you know what? Our actions, we need them to validate our faith. Our actions, they validate our faith. That, and that's why James said, now, some may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show, you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by your good deeds. They validate your actions. They validate, they prove, they authenticate. Have, I don't know all the details of this, but you guys have heard, have you heard about the Apple watches? The, the way you Apple pay, I guess, pay, is that what, the pay app? You, you put the, the watch on and the watch actually, it takes your pulse. 
and to be able to read who you are, okay? And so someone else that's not you can't Apple Pay because it's not you. They, they authenticate. You know, you do that with your PIN number. You ever feel nervous when you're putting your PIN in at the grocery store, and, but then you feel awkward because you don't want to, you know, the other person beside you, so you kind of, you don't want to do that, but they authenticate who you are. Uh, in actions, they authenticate uh, faith in our life. They, they prove who we are. Now, there's, there's another theory of why the show me state. There, were this, there was this park in Tennessee in 1990, or 1898 during the Spanish-American War. Now, there were some guards that were from the great state of Missouri that are there. And before people were coming in and out, they said, we have to make sure we know who you are. So you have to show us. Show me you, your, your credentials. Show me that you are who you say you are. Now, there's this disturbing, disturbing scene in, in the Bible. And it's a scene where Jesus describes where we go to heaven, and it's judgment day, and there's this division of time of people, in the left and in the right. And the people that are not going to heaven, they're, they're like, God, what happened? Lord, Lord, I, I thought, you know, I thought we were good. He said, No. I don't, I don't know you. Now, why did he say that? He said, when you, you, you saw me hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me something to drink. When I needed a place to stay, you didn't give me that. They're all action-based things. You, you believed, but there wasn't action behind you. You didn't verify who you, you were. Now, I'm going to take just a second. I want to I publicly apologize um, for my, myself, but for some other, uh, just some ministers along the way. And I don't know the moment that you decided to become a Christian. I don't know what that moment was like, but I, I can speak for myself that, that sometimes when I've invited people to relationship with Jesus, I've made it sound so, it's so simple. It's so simple. Just say these words. Just say these words. It's so simple. Can I be honest with you? It's not that easy. What, what we, I think we should have in our minds and what I'm gonna to try to really have in my mind when I invite people to this life is this. It's the moment where Jesus was inviting people to, to follow him. It's very simple, follow him. And it starts with the first moment. It's that moment where you say, come after me. It's when Jesus said, hey, leave what you're doing, leave your life and, and come follow me. Now the first moment, that first step, that's that moment where you're saying, I'm putting my faith in you. That's the moment for all, that we've all had hopefully, that you said, God, you are my Lord and my Savior, and I'm leaving the past behind. Forgive me of that past, and I want to start a new life with you. First step. Now, what's the next step, and the next step, and the next step? That's the following part. That's the, Jesus, I want to be like you now. I want to, I want to become like you. That's what it means to be a disciple. That's the action part of what faith really looks like. Now, here's the Third possible theory on why, why the show me states. Why the show me state. They're in Leadville, Colorado, okay, back in mining days, right, when mining was booming and people from Missouri came over to Colorado and they wanted to be a, be a part of this, but they didn't know much about mining, okay, so they're in the mines and what would happen is they would begin the process of mining and doing things, and people in the mines, they just knew it. They, they would say, hey, 
you can't just tell that guy how to do it. You've got to show him. He's from Missouri. Wink, wink. All right? Now, here's the other thing that actions do. Actions give you influence on others. You can talk into your blue in the face, but until they, people see it, they see it lived out, I don't think people believe. Now, let's think back into your own life. Were you more influenced by someone that told you about Jesus or by someone that showed you what it looked like to follow Jesus? You needed to see it, didn't you? Are we more moved by the fact that God was perfect and that he told us the way that, and called us the way that we should live? Or are we more moved by the fact that God did not stay in heaven, that he came down to earth, that he became a person, he became human. He had skin in the game, folks. He came and he became one of us. And not only that, he showed us, he, he, he loved people and he invested in people and he gave his life. He literally gave his life for you and for me. He bled and he died. That moves me. That moves me. I don't know about you, it moves, I hope it moves you. That's what is, has really captured my heart. Is that, is that God, he would do that in the flesh. When, when people see in the flesh, it makes such a difference. Now think about this, Look, think about this last year. We, we saw a video. Now, we're very video-oriented people. Why? YouTube is so popular now. Why? Because you can see it. You can see it. Now, we knew, we knew that um, domestic violence was, was not good. We knew that was bad. And the NFL knew it was bad, but we didn't really care about it until when? We saw a video of it. You saw a video of it, and we're like, oh, my goodness, this is awful. This is terrible. And what happened, the, the, the penalties changed and things totally changed when you saw it. We know that human trafficking exists. But until you go on a, a bus tour and you go around our city and you begin to see the places that this is happening and you realize it's right down the road from you and it's the places you visit all the time and you go, how did I not see this? And you just are blown away. And, and it begins to just to, to prove to us we need, we need to see sometimes. People need to see. And if you want influence in, in others' lives, God gives us that by the way that we live our lives. Believing without action is it's nothing. So a couple of things, a couple of challenges for us as we leave here today. You know, definitely believing is not enough. You know, real faith requires action. You've got to put your devotion into motion. You got to put your devotion into motion. And to, to do that, uh, a couple of challenges I want to give you. First, I want you to take the Pauline challenge. Paul said this, and it, man, it just, it, it pokes me. He says this, he invites the Corinthians this, follow me as I follow him. Follow me as I follow him. Can you make that statement today? Can you invite others to that statement? Can you, can you tell others, do what I do, and you'll look like and be transformed into being like him. Whew. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. But that's the call of Christ. I'm going to follow him, you follow me, and we're all going to be in the same, same place. Okay? Challenge. And when that happens, we become transformed to look more and more like Jesus. Follow up to that. What if everyone in our community, our H, just the HFC community, what if they follow Jesus like you follow Jesus, their actions. 
Like, what if we all worshiped like you? What if we all, what if we all gave like you? What if we all served like you? What if we all invited people to Christ or told people about the gospel like you? What would the kingdom of God look like? Now, I'm, I'm, that's, that's, when I say you, I mean, I mean me. And that's where you have to, you have to internalize it. What if, what if it following me and my example? Action internal. Now let's think action, you know, even more action external. When we think about what God and these actions that he's calling us to do, I think we need to ask this question. What breaks the heart of God? What breaks the heart of God? As we look at his ministry, as, as we look at how he, what he did and, and how he helped others and how he, he told others and he invited others and he showed others and, and look at the way that he, he reached out to those people that no one looked at or no one paid attention to or the people that were brokenhearted, the people that were in need, the people that literally needed food sometimes. There's people that literally need clothes sometimes. There's people that literally need hope sometimes just to be protected from others. God did all of those things in the flesh. What breaks Jesus' heart as we read his word? And how can I be a part of that? And maybe that question even comes to you of what breaks your heart? Now, when we see needs, oftentimes we're overwhelmed. We go, wow, there's so much pain in the world. There's so much hurt. There's so many people that don't have or need to know. Or there's so many people that are hurting. What happens is we get overwhelmed and go, well, what can I do about that? I mean, it's just too big. It's too big. I want us to, to, to kind of leave on this thought. And it's a great statement. And I, I, I've tried to put it into practice, and I hope you will too. Do for one what you wish that you could do for everyone. Do for one what you wish that you could do for everyone. So on any given day or any given time, what's the, what can you do for one person that you wish that you could do for everyone? Maybe that's giving a, a word of encouragement. Maybe that's giving, that person just needs to be prayed with. That, that person needs to be loved. That person needs a meal. That person needs to be just listened to. That person needs to be validated. That person needs to be lifted up. That person needs to be prayed for. That person needs to hear about Jesus. What's one, one person, what you wish you could do for, for everybody, do it for that one person. I'm going to invite Garen to come up. And uh, as we close, you know, if you want a fresh start, here's the challenge, God, it, and he has it for everyone today. He wants us to synergize what we believe in the way that we live and to pull those together. Because I want us to make sure what we believe, folks, it's important. I don't mean to, to downplay what we believe. That is so important, but it's incomplete without actions. It's incomplete. You can come back from winter retreat and you can know that God spoke to you and God told you something so very important, so very real. And he challenged you and he called you. You can be hit in the face with a frying pan like I have been many times in church, okay? Or just felt like somebody took a sword to my heart because I knew that the person was talking straight to me. But if you walk out of those doors and do nothing, then you are nothing. And if you come back, and you see in the, the faith, this is what James says in James 1. You look at yourself in the mirror, he's giving you a picture. But if you turn around and you do nothing about it, 
I want you to hear the truth. It, it, it's, the, way we result, the result is nothing. And we're useless and their faith is dead. And I, I, I don't want you to have a dead faith. I certainly don't wanna have a, a dead faith. So that's the challenge today. How do we do it? How do we put this into action? Pretty simple. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. When you have that moment, do it. Do it. When you have that moment when God speaks to you and he says, this is not of me. You're following me and I'm making it really clear to you. I can't make it any more obvious to you. This is not of me. Maybe you need to stop doing it. Maybe God's saying, you need, you need more of me. Do this more. Maybe you need to say something. Maybe you need an action in doing it. Do it. Do it. Let's pray. God, you're so good to us, Lord. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for that you don't give up on us, Lord, that you use us, Lord, in so many different ways. And you invite us into this ministry, this amazing adventure with you, God. And God, we thank you that you have set us free, that, that there was a day, God, that we did not know you. There was a day that we were clueless. We were without you, we were dead in our sin. But because of your grace, because of what you did on the cross, we can have transformation, forgiveness. Lord, we can have our, our slates wiped clean as we heard. God, if there's somebody that needs that this morning, take that first step of faith of saying, I give my life to you. My past will not define me because I have a savior that has set me free. God, I pray it with faith this morning that as their that person is praying right now in their seat, God, that they would, would take that first step of faith, Lord, and, and believe, Lord, and follow you. Get up where they're at, leave that life behind and follow you. Lord, that's the call for every one of us, Jesus. And Lord, I pray for us who are on that journey right now, God. Lord, and we're seeking after you, Lord. And God, Lord, we're so thankful that you teach us and you show us and internally you, you are forming us and shaping us to be like you, God. Help us to be obedient to that. And Lord, help us to have action behind our belief. God, convict us, give us direction. Tell us when to speak and tell us when to not speak. Lord, tell, help us to, to know when to reach a hand out to someone or, or give a hug or to, to tell someone something they desperately need to hear. God, use us as your vessels in this world. God, we, we want that so badly, Lord. We want a faith, a faith that has skin. We wanna be your hands and your feet in, your, in this world, Jesus. God, help us to do that. Give us the courage to take a step sometimes. God, you know that I need it. We all do. God, we want our faith and our actions to look the same. Lord, help it to be so. We praise things in your name. And everyone said, amen.